everyone. Welcome to episode 157 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Truth in advertising in the name. This is what, like two out of three weeks? This is almost <laughs> unheard of. So, and this is part two of our first ever Wednesday doubleheader with a two-episode week instead of just one. Hopefully, you've already found episode 156, which was from our message two weeks ago with Stephen. And how did he tell me to Arouse. 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 He, he, well, go back to last week. Yeah. <laughs> go back to last Listen week's to the episode. podcast. You can find out. <laughs> because he actually uh, pronounced it appropriately for us on that episode. Oh, that's right. He said Arraus. <laughs> Arraus, I believe. Arraus. Uh, and then previous to that was our just a bonus Memorial Day episode. But we'll be back on schedule after this week without a problem. So speaking of last week, we wrestled with our identities and how to see ourselves as God does. And we decided that as it is in claiming who I am that I find myself loved by me and by God. It is in calling out the lies that I've believed that then there is room for truth. It is in believing that I am forgiven that allows me to love once again. And it is in saying I am loved that I find love for those around me. And Stephen made a good point during that episode that, hmm, it's almost like Andy had a plan to follow (laughs) that episode with this episode. And I have a feeling that he just might be right. But in this week's message synopsis, the final sentence reads as follows. Jesus' body, the church, is called to be the place where human distinctions are totally irrelevant. Seems like a really nice, (laughs) nice idea, Andy. But with over 1,200 Christian denominations in the U.S. alone and an estimated 41,000 across the globe, how can the church be called to and ever hope to achieve Oneness with my air quotes. Oneness. How can that possibly be? Isn't this just a pipe dream of like, well, wouldn't it be cool if? Well, if we'll, if we'll lay down, well, if <laughs> if all the Christians would just be willing to come together and admit that we're all self-righteous hypocrites, we could all get along just fine. <laughs> so then the answer, so what you're saying is no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, well, I, I think that the, the, without clear being in touch with our human depravity, we move towards some level of pride, which causes us to be really mm. troublesome. Mm. Well, we talked a little bit in last week's podcast about being approachable as Christians and dispelling the societal notion that if we dis- disagree, it does not equate to us hating the person we disagree with. In the age of outrage, how do we manage perceptions and realities? Even, I mean, you just talked about if all Christians, how can we manage those expectations, Jeff, within. <laughs> As Andy walks out where the door used to be, (laughs) we're taping at the church as usual, but we're in the middle of a remodel here. And so there is no door on the little studio where we hang out. And so we're hearing voices down the the hall. (laughs) But in the age of outrage, how do we manage perceptions and realities, even just within, let's not even say Adventism. Let's just say here at the hospital church, how do we, how do we manage all of this, these perceptions and realities about well, we can't really be one because, man, we're just too different. We're, we're just not enough alike, and we just have too much range of thought that is so polar opposite. can't happen. Well, I, I think it's okay to have a range of thought and be polar opposites. We just can't reject each other over it. We can't turn people who think differently than us into enemies, or it's a failure of our Christianity. Hmm. We have to – or we can possibly call them enemies. You have to love them, though, and pray for them, so <laughs> – Okay. We don't have to change the name. We just have to change the behavior. Yeah, our behavior. I, I, I do think that as you as you look at even history, there's so much that is in a story. 
we talk about, you know, diversity and we talk about these different ranges of thought and ideas, but we all have differences, even among ourselves, even if we were part of the same homogenous group. Yeah. And to learn to love and appreciate and respect that story of each other, I think, you know, Andy says, you know, we, we have to understand our own depravity, but we also have to understand the beauty of mm-hmm. someone else. Right. Everybody's got a gift to share. Yeah. And, and we can learn something from everybody. Part of the struggle you see, especially in Christian groups, is when you assume that you are the one who has it all. Whether it's truth or whether it's economics or whether it's position or power or whatever it is, when you begin to think that you have it all, then you put yourself at war with everybody mm-hmm. uh, versus saying, okay, everybody's got something they can bring to the table. Everybody's got a contribution they can make. I can learn something from everybody. I've got a teachable moment with every person in the world. The problem comes in is a lot of times that we get fearful that my stuff's going to go away. Mm. Yeah, perfectionistic, uh, yeah. and that extinction of my stuff causes me to fear, and all of a sudden I throw up, you know, these walls and barriers to, uh, you know, I don't like difference because it's going to threaten, you know, me and the, the the life that I've made in a sense. When in actuality, we should be looking at how can I, my life be enhanced by some of the other beautiful things that actually get brought in from other, other right we places. and we tend to like differences theoretically mm-hmm. <laughs> because we want to differentiate ourselves as being better true yeah as opposed to thinking of difference as, as just things to learn and experience and enjoy yeah well i liked what you i didn't put it in my notes but just as you were talking about that it reminded me of the portion of your sermon where you were talking about how close College Park, and for any of you that are local, <laughs> you know how nice college and how desirable mm-hmm. people want to live in College Park. Three two eight zero four. That's right. People want to go to eat in <laughs> College Park. People want to go for a stroll in College Park. Mm-hmm. But at a just a line yeah. which used to be nothing. It used to just be sand, and as we would all say, you know, when I first moved here, that was a whole <laughs> pile of orange groves over there. And probably at one time it was, but all of a sudden we have this line, and then you're like, oh, well, that's Paramore. Mm-hmm. So now we have this very distinct line. We have different cultures. We have different uh, societal norms mm-hmm. that happen within right. each of these. And you look at that and you say, I mean, do I feel? I don't know. I've been to Paramore a lot. I don't. Yeah, I don't I mean, feel threatened by it. I don't feel threatened by it. I don't think it's, you know, a bad place or that College Park is, I think it's an overpriced place. Yeah. I mean, have you ever thought about <laughs> buying real estate there or renting someplace there? It's crazy. But I think we just let those perceptions, it, not even sometimes giving it a lot of thought, but it's just like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's just what it is, right? I mean, when we don't stop and give it the amount of brain power or, you know, let God really speak to us in some of those areas where it just seems like we've always done it that way. Let's just continue on. It just seems like we don't invest enough. There. Well, our, our intuitions about other people and people groups is a fascinating study. Mm. Um, I'm in a book right now called The Righteous Mind, where he talks about how they've even done studies where they'll do a word that has a negative connotation, a word with a positive connotation follows it. And the milliseconds it takes you to make a decision about that second word is dependent on what the first word is. And then they, really? then they not just with like sunshine and rain or, you know, yeah. you know, that's kind of thing, but eventually they'll do it with ethnicities and people groups. And if you put a positive word and a positive word here, 
The second word can be if it's a people group that you have some kind of prejudice toward, it slows your milliseconds down too because you can't put these two together quite right. And uh, fascinating how there's just prejudice and and uh, superiority thinking in all of us to some degrees, and and to realize that in Christ there is no Jew nor Greek. Uh, yeah. that we, we have to remove that distinction. Christ tore down the barrier wall. Coming from the Midwest, a lot of times the very bootstrap, very blue collar, that mentality where it's like, listen, no one's done anything for me. You know, I, I've done it my whole life. No one, you know, I paid my way through school. I had a job when I was 12. I did this, 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 and this. And so your expectation just becomes like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's always, because I know a lot of good people that have that mentality that really would never hurt a fly. They'd give you the shirt off their back if they thought you needed it or deserved it. But there's usually that little bit of deserving part. Like, you know, why should I part with something that I've worked so hard for? Kind of what you talked about, Jeff, for that protectionism. What if, what if my stuff goes away? But the work so hard for and that I did it myself is an illusion. Absolutely. (laughs) Total illusion. I mean, the reality is, is in Wisconsin, you were using Wisconsin, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's probably fewer food deserts than there are in Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would almost bet on it. I would almost bet on it. Well, this kind of brings us to your illustration of the Jewish nation, God's chosen people, and they're choosing to view that blessing as personal windfall, kind of the lottery, if you will, rather than a higher calling to be generous and Mm -hmm. to kind of lead the way. And their history is so well documented, at least among Christians, and continuing this cycle of bad choices, consequences for the those. And one of your conclusions really hit hard and, and close to home. And it's one I think if you heard the message, it's worth repeating. They, meaning Israel, wanted to be divided off from the world and they wanted God in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Ugh, well, I think, I think we could say the same. I think that statement would be uh, apropos. I hope the listeners in our congregation were hearing it at least. Yeah. Uh, put your group in that spot. Oh, yeah. Every one of us wants to have the inside track. We want to have the advantage, and we want to think that God's in our pocket, that he's on our side. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, it's it's not only a situation of having God in your pocket. It's a situation of believing you're the only, only one ones that, that, that have God in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard. That's one of the things that struck me. I mentioned it in the sermon that I've been reading through the Psalms that are not my favorite book. Yeah, absolutely. But— <laughs> The recognition that God loves everyone with an absolutely perfect love, so He doesn't yeah. He doesn't love me more or less than He loves Jeff, you know, sure. or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, God's love is absolute, perfect, godly love for all people, and we just somehow want to twist that. That oh huh, yeah, He He loves everybody. He loves me but, a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> well, and we know that this is still an issue. I mean, again, we like, just like the disciples, we like to make the children of Israel and the nation, we love to just whip on them so hard. Mm-hmm. And yet, what is our vision at this church? A we church st- without walls. Our church vision still has to be in 2019 <laughs> that this is something we strive for because we're just not that good at it. Right. And so it's still something that I think we just assume when you listen to those, oh man, I mean, Come on, that's obvious, right? I mean, but you've got that 2020 hindsight, and yet I'm just thinking to myself as I was on the podcast page, and it's like, we're a church without walls, and, you know, podcasting is part of it. Right, fully engage all this, and I'm like, man, that is still our vision, and here it is 2019, and yet we're looking at them going, well, that was dumb. (laughs) They should have totally figured that out. Well, when we came to that vision, I will admit that I fought hard. There was a push among many to want to make it about about us in some way, Mm -hmm. you know? 
we're going to reach out to these people and, you know, this kind of thing. And I really wanted to hold to, it's not about us. We're church without walls. It's not the church and fully engaged in serving the people of our community. It's not about them joining us. us. It's about us serving them. Yeah. The going out is a big thing. And I think I'm glad you did because honestly, when we became members here and as we were, you know, thinking about it and we had come a long time ago, we first moved to Florida and then we had, you know, church hopped around and, you know, we happened to be there. And you repented. And we we (laughs) repented. Uh, But when you find a place that resonates with what you want and you want to serve and you find yourself at a place that doesn't maybe, and I don't want to say that places don't serve, but serve in a way that makes you feel whole or in a way that you feel is completely a hundred percent biblical. Biblically, I don't think you can argue with our statement. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think there's a way that if you believe in, if you believe in what Jesus said, getting to our next point and the sermon on the Mount, can, can you really argue with that? And well, I, that made us feel like this was home. Hmm. Well, and I think you bring up a good point because I think a lot of times what we think about in terms of no walls is we think about us and them, meaning the outside of the church. And there really a lot of times are walls within the church, you know, (laughs) (laughs) where there's just, well, we, you know, we kind of call them silos, you know, of, you know, different groups. And and that's where some of the, you know, you have to wear a hard hat to church sometimes because of some of the, the things that go on inside. And I love the analogy that you went to the Sermon on the Mount, just because that's one that seems like, it should be really easy, but yet it's sometimes very self-serving because we like to cherry pick. It's like a buffet. We're going to go up and go, whoa, let's see, Jesus, what do we like? I like that beatitude. We love, <laughs> well, we love the early on verses where God blesses the poor and the humble right. and they're going to inherit the earth and those that hunger and thirst for justice. Oh, yeah, rah, rah, we're right. Christians. We're behind that. But we get a little less enthusiastic when we're faced with even looking at a woman with lust as adulterous <laughs> and offer the other cheek when someone does you wrong. And something about punks who don't love their enemies being on par with corrupt tax collectors and pagans, something like that. I, I didn't finish reading that part because it, it, it didn't seem that important. But it seems a little less rah-rah Jesus-y in the grand scheme of things. And But Andy, you said that this is the high bar. Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. high bar. So given the history of the church, just the church alone, we're not talking about the outside world. Is this a bar – that we can ever attain or do well even maybe? I don't know. Well, I, oh boy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, I think if you read this, if you really delve into the Sermon on the Mount and you read it carefully, I believe it is a treatise to tell us that we are hopeless and helpless without Jesus. I really think that's what it's for. Mm. When he's, when he's, be a perfect as your father in heaven's perfect. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. Sure. And, and do good to those who do you bad. And that's, that's just not things that are within our realm of abilities. And, I mean, even the lust and the adultery. I mean, all, all these, you know, when you pray, don't, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You give. I mean, <laughs> that, those are all, it's like, really? Uh, who's going to be able to manage this? Sure. And then he says, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the Pharisees, and these were the most righteous people <laughs> in the country, okay? For law keepers, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. if you don't exceed that, you know, you're going to forget the kingdom anyway. And so I think the whole thing is to say, God's bar is really high. He wants you. He's the one that achieves the bar and gives that to you as a gift. And, you know, the whole trusting in Jesus and letting him be the the one who does it, and then you get the benefit from it. If you look at it, you can't go away going, I got to do all that, because you would get truly (laughs) discouraged. Absolutely. But on the other side of it, it's kind of 
it's reversed. So it's like his kingdom's all upside down and it doesn't, it's almost dissettling in a way because everything gets flipped. Yeah. And so then I think God, I think you're, Andy's right. You can't do this without Jesus. Sure. But then again, on the other side of it, it's really counterintuitive to everything that we think we should do. The shoulds, the, um, you know, the the gritting our teeth and and well, make, we can't even keep the Ten Commandments. I mean, yeah. if you added this to it, but I've always looked at the Ten Commandments as these are the, well, the hard good rules. news. They get reduced from ten to two. To two, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> love God, love, love your fellow, right? And then add those, and then like slip the Beatitudes right in there, <laughs> and it's really in those kind of areas where you can say everything I need to know about my life and how it could be better or should be better if I could just. But you we can just to, improve on some of these. This at least yeah. gives me ways to turn to, right? Yeah, we have to be careful because, and even looking at the the beatitudes and something, we can't look at this as being, oh, here it well, is, in rules. simplifying, yeah, in simplified right, rules. Right. Yeah, this is really, and Andy said it right. This is really Christ saying, "I wish you'd stop thinking about this list and just <laughs> focus on me." And focus mm-hmm. on me. Yeah, uh, I think I think that brings it. Full circle. Can, and can you imagine the history of the Christian church if the Christian church had had even a modicum of success in loving their enemies? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? I mean, there would be no crusades. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you think about how we, we, we justify a just war pretty easily in our minds, yeah, so sure. rationalize things. And we yet, still do. how can we love people? That are even our enemies, and what, what would that mean? What, how would that change things? And yeah, I mean, you, you think about stories of a little town with two people that war with each other for centuries, I mean, not centuries, decades. Fields and the yeah, McCoys. Yeah, and what would change if the Hatfields said, "I'm going to love the McCoys," and the McCoys said, "Yeah, by gosh, I'm going to love the, I'll love those, you know, Hatfields as well." Can't shoot him. Yeah. He fixed my tractor yeah. last week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like the fact that when we're talking about these and we're talking about privilege, I almost feel like the Beatitudes are a privilege that we've been given and something that we can share, not to condemn people mm-hmm. and not to say, "Well, again, you didn't meet the bar," but if we lived it, that would be the sharing and and, and people. Going wow, you know, you're a peculiar people. All these different things. Like, why are they different? Well, that then that they were nice to me, and I, you know, I totally did them the wrong way, and now here they are being nice to me. And I think this is a privilege that when we talk about holding on to privilege, here's one to hold on to. Hold yeah. on to it and, and just go. You know, anytime I do any, again, it's not about the works, but when we do emulate Christ, we know that there are good results, and the Holy Spirit can use those things and plant seeds and, and can mm. make a harvest from that. So yeah. I kind of like that in the, the view of the privilege. I think we have to call ourselves to accountability in that a follower of Jesus can't have anybody on a hate list. To just That, that was good. That, I like that. That's yeah. just, that, that's yeah. really to me, uh, whoever... Well, I'll let you finish. No, go ahead. No, no, I'm good. You're good. (laughs) Well, we'll be here all day. You know, in terms of uh, in terms of counseling, one of the things that you try to do is you try to get somebody to look at, rethink, and reframe what they're really going after, what they're seeking, Mm -hmm. because if they're seeking anything as a result of fear or anger, they're going to be pretty unhappy. They're 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 actually looking for some sort of a way of of appeasing this anxiety they have, and the only reason the reason they think they they can do it is by dealing with the fear and the anger, and using the fear and the anger. 
what if people actually said, I'm going to go after happiness? Or, you know, when Jesus says, that's the Beatitudes, blessed, happy is this person who seeks after this or does after, goes after this. I think he's making an indictment on, hey, guys, go after the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that was one of the yeah. multiple Brene Brown quotes that Stephen used last week yeah. was yeah. basically, if you're going out looking for, you're going to somehow find yourself in other people's provability, you know, like you're never going to find it. No. You're going to, you're only going to find the negative because that's what you're searching for. If you're searching yeah. for the other, that's what you're going to find. All right. Well, we could. Yeah, before as Andy before said, this is a 40 minute that's podcast, right. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. But I can't Andy, see the thing. We're out of time. But as Andy mentioned, we could be here all day. I felt like that last week, too. We've been tackling a lot of really strong topics here lately, and it just it makes it hard to compact it all down. But don't miss the FHE takeaways this week because Andy was taking no prisoners this week. Each of them <laughs> felt like a solid gut punch, if we're being honest with ourselves. But this one that I chose may be the most universal in that since Eden and Cain and Abel, there has been enemies. Fueled by jealousy, hate, and every manner of perceived slight that you can imagine, it seems that we all have enemies, even if they're not of our own direct making, we still have enemies. If we can't love our enemies, how can we all truly love anyone else? And I didn't actually write down the takeaway. Oh, no, here it is. (laughs) I was like, where did it go? What does it mean for you to be called to love your enemies? Mm -hmm. What does it mean Mm -hmm. for you to be called to love your enemies? And I think this will, ooh, when you really stop and let that one ruminate for a little while, there's a part in your gut that just knows what the right answers are and it knows what you need to do and where you may have issues or people that you may need to make (laughs) things right with or Maybe they've done you wrong and it's not really your – at least in your mind, it's not your job. But as a Christ follower, it really is. And So I'm wondering if you found a way to love your enemies. I know there's got to be someone out there listening that has maybe found a little trick or something that helps (laughs) them just get past the initial, I don't want to do this and start moving in the right direction because I think that's part of it is just to make the first move. So we'd love to share your victory as a building block for the rest of us to come together and be a little more Christ-like. So as always, uh, voicemail, text 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. In looking back, make sure that everybody knows that when you look at when you listen to last week's sermon, please look at the whole service. The whole service was a complete Don't just watch the sermon. Well, the sermon was excellent, but it it fits so well with... With the rest of the yeah, and really pieces. these two as a whole because I had actually rewatched Stevens because I had mm-hmm. there was a couple things I wanted to make sure I had right in the notes before I put everything together and I haven't finished editing that one yet but and then watch watch this one and then went through Andy's notes and really when you put these two together boy if you can get a little yeah. bit of what Stephen was talking about it and get that basis down for that part mm-hmm. of your life and then you work at this and I think if you're a little more confident in number one. Number two comes a whole lot easier when it comes to, man, this is who I am. I am the masterpiece, right? Right. And if I'm the masterpiece, I can do this. I can totally do this. All right. Final thoughts are from Andy's message. He said, we are all one people on our own, outside the fence, and by Christ's action alone brought within. There's no Jew nor Gentile in Christ. So whoever is the people group, ethnicity, national heritage, privileged person that is most difficult for you to love, say, in Christ, there is no me and them, just us. Oh, boy. If we could just really <laughs> say that with confidence every, even once a week. I'd start with that. If we could just do that once a week and then work our way up. All right. So we're still in Galatians series this week. It's, it's, What's a, whole, it's a three-parter on one verse of Galatians 3.28. So this coming week is there's no male or female. 
Oh. Remember? In Christ. In Christ. So we're all... So pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, we will solicit your prayers. You can if you want to text those and email those to Andy. That would I'm sure that'd be well received. So that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for sticking by. Thanks to Tom and Andy and Jeff as always. And do join us again next Wednesday for episode 158. Thanks for listening and have a great week. You got a lot ahead of me. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>